Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Oh, I was worried. I thought you were going to say your co-host, Jeff Keeley, because it's the game of the year. <laughs> it is the Game Awards! Oh, wait, can we say that? Or are we going to get sued now? I, I hope not. I mean, uh, I mean, if he's listening, I mean... You know, I mean Hi, Jeff. Sorry, Hi, Jeff. didn't mean to steal your thing. Yeah. We will uh, we will tr- retract that statement. This is yes. not the Game Awards. This is the Gamers in presenting Game of the Year. We don't actually Their have game awards. awards. Yeah, no, we don't have awards. Yeah, we tried that one year and it was like a four hour show and we were like, Woof, this is too long. No. We'll just talk about our favorite games and talk about our yes. Yeah, community's favorite games and uh that's an hour that's a show yeah exactly yeah. exactly so and so for those of you who uh maybe haven't been here for a game of the year awards show at the gamers Inn, uh just kind of an overview of how we do it we're not ne- we we never ever ever especially since ryan has had kids <laughs> To be honest, uh, we never play everything. We are not games journalists. We have full-time jobs. Like We do our best to experience everything that is notable in a given year, but there's lots of things that we miss. So our game of the year, we decided pretty early on to do it as uh, what were our, like personally, Jocelyn and Ryan's favorite gaming experiences over the course of 2022. So sometimes that means that we end up with games that weren't necessarily released in 2022, but were our favorite things that we played this year. Um, It's just, we're kind of like, what did we have the most fun in, in gaming in 2022? So with that in mind, although I do think everything on our list came out this year, except for one on yours. (laughs) I yeah, think. <laughs> yeah. There's two. I think, and I mean, technically, yeah. one on mine because one on mine is still in early access. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I think that uh, for the most part, these are all 2022 games. It was a solid year for everyone but Microsoft, um, <laughs> which I did find out today. Uh, I guess I didn't realize this, but the only first party title to come out from Microsoft was uh, Pentiment. Uh, oh, okay. For, yeah, from Obsidian. And I'm like, that is so true because Halo Infinite shipped at the very end of 2021. Uh, and I feel bad. It, it got, uh, it was something I played like right at the start of 2022 and uh, it did not make the list. There's yeah. so many games that we played this year. Uh, but yeah, uh, lots of fun stuff to dig in here. Should I rip the band aid off and just start with God of War Ragnarok? Because like, we I talked mean, a lot I think about so. It. I, I feel like there's two right off the bat that you guys know we're going to mention. And the first one is God of War Ragnarok. And the second one is Horizon Forbidden West, because clearly there is nothing in the year of 2022 that thrilled me more than Forbidden West. And you guys all know that. So I feel like we should just get that out of the way now. I loved everything about it. It is perfection. It should have won all of the awards. And I'm so <laughs> sad it got overshadowed again. But Horizon is life. So there it's out of the way. It's done. That's all I have to say. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> personally excited that they're uh giving us a whole month head start on a uh, horizon expansion before breath of the wild 2 comes out right so. <laughs> <laughs> like i mean horizon just seriously pick your release dates better god damn it <laughs> <laughs> or nintendo delay just a little bit longer i don't know uh, i think a, a month is a good chunk of time i think focus. yeah a month will be fine it's dlc i will get it done in the first week anyways it's just again it's so it's just so funny that these things keep releasing so close <laughs> to horizon content but uh 
yeah, I think like it was it was a great game. I loved the way that it flowed from the original, like kind of straight in, like it picked up right where it left off. It had uh, interesting reasons for losing your powers a little bit. Um, and it like, I don't know, it just it expanded on a world that I already loved. It had some great returning characters, but you met a whole bunch of new ones as well. They had a variety of different biomes, which is something I was worried that they weren't going to have because it's a fairly kind of small area. And I was like, how do you do this? But um, they did give you a whole lot of different experiences. I thought the story was solid. And, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to kind of where the story goes because it's very obviously setting up for a third. So, I mean, just more Horizon. Yes, please. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. We we say we don't order our lists, but uh, Jocelyn has a, a Horizon at the top. I have. Horizon. I almost only put Horizon on here, and then I was like, no, like I I need to actually flesh out my five. <laughs> you, you had a you had a, a good my, year. The rest the rest of mine are in no particular order. Uh, same with my honorable mentions. So. Yeah. Yeah, which, by the way, God of War Ragnarok did end up in my honorable mentions. I had a really good time in that game. I think it was uh, for me, I preferred it over 2018. I think I said that in the spoiler episode. Um, And I think that they, you know, like really gave me a little bit more of like a bigger fleshed out world that I that I enjoyed. We got to go to a lot of different places that we didn't see in the first one. And I don't know, I just I just kind of enjoyed Ragnarok a little bit more than 2018. And I know that I'm in the minority there, but you know, is what it is. It made my honorable mentions. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, uh, I, looking at both God of War Ragnarok and Horizon Forbidden West as these like two huge uh big budget Sony PlayStation production um, games. Like there's nothing else like these two that I played this year on. Yeah, they were a really big. And I mean, I have a couple of other AAA things on my list, but like those were kind of the flagships of 2022, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Especially. I think it was a good um, kind of bookend because I think like Horizon came out in February. God of War came out in November and it was a really good reminder of like how PlayStation kind of works, you know, sets up their year for, for titles. And and again, I think 2023 is going to be a big year for them as they kind of continue it with Spider-Man two and, and whatever else they've got under their sleeve. It, it, it really, it, it gives you this sense that like um, investing in a PlayStation five is like a really good move uh, because you, you know, you're going to have these big Epic games um, to play. And, and I, I was super looking forward to God of War Ragnarok. It hit it hit for me on on pretty much every level. Like I know I'm like, oh Ryan's so positive. He likes everything. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like everything. I just I just like to talk about stuff that I like. And I really enjoyed God of War Ragnarok. And I'm forever grateful that I think we got um I, I mean the same amount or maybe more episodes to talk about God of War Ragnarok than we did Horizon. I think I think it was the same amount. Because Horizon, we did a spoiler cast as well, and I we did, yeah. I yeah. really enjoy doing those because I love talking about you know the story with uh, it just in in all its in all its details. And, and Horizon had some really great world building, and it was the the Mass Effect two of the trilogy, where it's like, oh, the the bigger threat is is coming, and um, and of course it is because there's a third one. Everything. Everything works in in a trilogy, and we got the same thing with God of War Ragnarok because the biggest threat is in Atreus game. Um, <laughs> so you know, we've got lots to look forward to. 
<laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. So I think those are those are kind of like the two big ones that I think everybody saw coming. But um, my next one it was a little bit of like a smaller experience that like I wasn't expecting to love as much as I did, but I played so much of it that it actually became like the first game that I ever did the whole new game plus experience in because I just had so much fun the first time around. I wanted to keep going. Um, there was so much to do and so much to unlock. And of course, I'm talking about Nobody Saves the World. Um, it was such a cool, fun story. Even when like you saw stuff coming, it just had this like really good kind of sense of humor. The art style was like, it was so bright and and colorful and fun and really satisfying. And some of the dungeons ended up being real puzzles with the way that they uh, did their ward system, which was like having to use a certain damage type in order to get through the shield of some enemies made you have to, you know, choose your forms and choose your build really specifically. So... I think like obviously there were some super broken combos and that made things kind of easy in some cases, but uh, I really enjoyed playing it. I really enjoyed, you know, their, the system for unlocking the different forms. And yeah, it was like a it was a dungeon crawler, which is not something that's normally up my alley. So um, I think I've kind of like broadened my horizons a little bit in the last couple of years. And uh, I'm really glad I didn't miss Nobody Saves the World. Yeah, that's good. No, that was a. And, and um, you know, I, I gave Microsoft a hard time at the top of the show and uh, about not having sort of their first party games out front and center in 2022. But a big part of it was was Game Pass. You know, Nobody Saves the World was a day one Game Pass game. It's it's um, I think it was one of the Game Pass games that Jocelyn bought and then and then. <laughs> Was, it was too late to <laughs> to refund, uh, but you know, I I played it through Game Pass, and I remember really enjoying it. And it's it's a game I normally probably might not have had the chance or time to check out if it weren't for Game Pass. And be like, oh, I'll install it and we'll play a little bit. And you know, I, as everybody knows, I play every single Game Pass game. Um, that that is a joke. I, I I don't have time for that. I was gonna say I'm like I'm pretty sure you actually might. Uh, <laughs> but well, no, I mean, like there know. there are way too many. But you do have a lot, and you're always the first one to say, "Hey, by the way, have you looked at Game Pass this week? Because there's a thing you should do." <laughs> I, I and you know what? I even do it in Discord too. We're we're planning. Uh, I think not just the next game club, but the game club after that. And it was like, oh yeah, that one's on Game Pass through EA, EA Play. And like, oh, I just I just bought it. it was. It was on yeah. sale and it's on sale for six bucks. You know, buy it. It's fine. Own yep. it. It's your, well, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's yours. So, but you know, speaking of game pass, there was uh, a title that I played that it did not come out this year, uh, but it has a follow-up coming out next year. And I played hollow Knight, which was um, a game released years ago, but as part of pretty much every subscription you can get your hands on, it's on game pass. It's on PlayStation plus extra um, I think it's been part of Humble Bundle before. And uh, yeah, I, I think I can't remember how it came up, but it was probably the E3 announcement uh, had a trailer for Hollow Knight. And I was like, oh, I've always meant to play that. And I think it might have been Elsie in Discord was like, no, you should really play it. Like you like Metroid. You like, you know, exploring worlds and, and the combat is a, a lot of fun, too. Like it's more of a uh, it's it's a. I don't want to call it like a Dark Souls-esque game because it's really not, but it's it's got combat that is a little more challenging, a little more melee focused and 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 has um, 
but it's but it's simplified in the sense that like you've got one or two moves that are slowly evolved over the course of the game. But uh, yeah, I, I I finished that one. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I got a chance to play it, and I'm really excited for um, the next one coming out in 2023, which is also going to be on Game Pass day one. Which exciting. Is exciting. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad I finally got a chance to play Hollow Knight because it was so it was so good. It was so much fun. I can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, I have a, a really good friend of mine who is like obsessed with Hollow Knight and he's played it through like I don't even know how many times he's like 100 percented it on like no death mode or whatever. Like he's just absolutely freaking loves that game. So, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised that you got into it, too, because I know you do like those style of games and I know it's a very good like iteration of that genre. Right. So. Um, I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. And I'm really glad that Hollow Knight fans are getting a sequel for sure. Um, and so for me, like it's not a direct sequel, but it felt like a sequel in a whole lot of ways. Uh, Marvel Snap this year for me took up so much of my time in the best way possible. And it's technically obviously not made by Blizzard, but felt like a spiritual successor to Hearthstone just because the team behind Marvel Snap is a lot of the original devs who worked on Hearthstone. So like Young Woo, Ben Brode, like it's just like there are so, so, so many people on the second dinner team that came directly from Blizzard, if not from the Hearthstone team. So like seeing the just the the heart and the love behind this product of this like actually literally small indie company not like small indie company tongue-in-cheek the way we make fun of blizzard for all of their bugs but like an actual small indie company first and foremost scoring a marvel license but then making a game that was so much fun that it literally like i have played it every single day since i got in beta back in may so like i i play it every day i you know try out all kinds of different decks i'm mostly free to play outside of the you know 12 or 13 dollars for the season's pass um and yeah like it's just it's such a freaking fun game and uh i i just i couldn't do a top 5 of 2022 without including that which it's i think might in like the how many years have we done this now 11 years um, this might be the only time a mobile title has made it on my game of the year list. <laughs> That's how good Snap is. Yeah. I mean, it's poor, poor mobile games. I mean, how often do they, <laughs> do they make it? I mean, are they even in the honorable? I guess you could consider one, one of our honorable mentions. It's available on, on mobile, but, uh, it's not, it's not where I played most of it, but yeah, like, um, Marvel Snap was one of those ones where, uh, it, it kind of, it disrupted my free to play gaming on mobile uh, for a good month in the sense that it kind of took over and and kind of pushed pushed that that game aside. And, and that game being Fire Emblem Heroes, I've kind of yeah. snapped, <laughs> snapped back to it. Oh, <laughs> uh, but um, I played a good ch- chunk that month and I got very far. And, and again, like I didn't have any issues with the way they had the game set up. Um, I just kind of only have time for for one or two experiences uh, a day on the phone well yeah and that's the thing like so it basically replaced like the the toxic bad habits i had on my phone which was like doom scrolling twitter and stuff it's like instead of doing that right before i go to bed and giving myself nightmares instead i would play a few games of snap and uh you know like i because again i don't usually play mobile titles so i didn't kind of have anything in that sphere 
um, for times that I just the only thing I had was my phone. So it's been uh, I mean, it's been good for my mental health as well (laughs) as, you know, just being a good game. So yeah, Marvel Snap definitely made my list this year. Yeah. And you have a card game on your list too, which uh, even though it, this is another one that didn't come out this year, I actually had to look it up because we both played it at the same time. Um, and it's um, Inscription. I'm just going to say it instead of yeah. trying to like dance around it. But um, yeah, Inscription for me, the reason it's not on my list was only because I only like really truly loved like the first half of it, the the escape room cabin thing. Um, that was my jam so much. <laughs> yeah. After that, it kind of, for me, went a little bit downhill and I didn't enjoy it quite as much. But uh, yeah, that creepy cabin escape room. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I have not had a chance to check it out. I, I tried to, but there is like a, there's a mode called Casey's Mod, which basically yep. takes the start of the game and makes it um, a, infinite, a proper, right? Or, yeah, a proper yeah. roguelike where you're just going through it and trying to well escape um and expands upon it and i think like the reason it's i put it on the list and and it was one of those games that kind of as i was building the list and going through the notes of what we played all year it just kind of kept creeping up into that that top five picks and it came down to the fact that um the developer daniel mullins games uh they make these games that are just so different from anything else um that we play on, on an average uh, day or, or whatever. Oh, and, it was definitely different. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, different can be something that, uh, you know, really resonates with you and, and you, you really enjoyed that, that different take on, on a, on a gameplay style, but and other times you, you bounce off it and that's fine. It happens. And because it's a game that has many parts to it, some of those parts can, can throw you off. I mean, there's no mode where there's no like section where you have to like play as a Treus. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's got some moments that uh, are a li- like for me, the most unsettling was like um, the way it kind of reads your hard drive a little bit and, and yes, like, yeah, threatens to delete files if you lose. Yeah. And, and um, it's it's weird. And, and the game plays with your with you as the, the player. It, it kind of like takes you through this world and you feel uncomfortable, especially like when they set it up as you stuck in this cabin with this character that is going to if you lose is going to kill you. And 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 appears to do that by turning you into cards at the beginning of the game. Yeah. But it quickly like it moves from there into this like puzzle game as you're trying to figure out what's going on. And and, uh, you know, Daniel Mullins, his other games have kind of had that, too, where you're kind of piecing together the story inside and outside of the game. And uh, you can really get into that if 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 you want to, like if you just want to play the game and wonder, like, what the hell's going on here? You can do that. Or you can kind of like go into the discussions and it's it's one of those rare games that kind of encourages you to explore it outside of the game to learn more about the story and interact with the the greater community that are trying to sort out the secrets and stuff. And um, that's what I really loved about it. It, uh, Mm -hmm. Just kind of exploring this world that that the developer kind of set up for us to to uh, to enjoy. So Mm -hmm. I. I do need to get back and play the Casey's mod. I think I tried to play, I tried to play it on the Steam Deck, and then my cloud save didn't sync properly, so it needed me to start over. And then, and I guess there is a code to like jump right to the mod, but the code wasn't working, so I. 
I think <laughs> so you bounced off a little. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, like working. any kind of troubleshooting is enough to, to kind of like stop you in your tracks for sure and play something easier. Yeah. <laughs> I hate when stuff doesn't just work. I have no patience. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, for all the greatness of the Steam Deck, there are some games that for some reason don't play well with with uh, with cloud saves. Like sometimes cloud saves are tied to to specific hardware and technically the steam deck is a linux system as whereas i played it on windows right. so maybe the saves were incompatible but honestly the quick fix would be to load it up on the windows machine where i played it previously so like i do want to get back to it um because like you i think my favorite part of the gameplay was the beginning um that was the most fun the cards were after that it it put more of the story and the and the weirdness <laughs> front and center yeah, front and center. Yeah. Instead of the game itself. Yeah. Yeah. But I did really enjoy it. I had a great time with inscription. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and something I had a great time in, but I wasn't expecting actually both of my, both of my other top five picks are picks that I had no idea I was actually going to like, and that I played for ridiculous reasons. So uh, the first one is Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Uh, people just kept telling me I had to play it before it even came out, just because of the ridiculousness and the unicorn. And they were like, Jocelyn, this is you in a game. You need to just go play this. And I was like, yeah, but Borderlands, I'm not so much. And they were like, no, play it. Unicorns, go. <laughs> so I played it and holy hell, I couldn't put it down. I had so much fun in that game. It was stupid and I loved it. <laughs> it was like probably the most surprising title for me of uh, 2022. I was just like, this is somehow great, even though I don't like shooters. What is happening? <laughs> Yeah, Tiny Tina's is a game that I wanted to try and I and I, I want to get to it and it continues to be on my list of like, oh, there's a sale. Let's see where, where the price is at and see whether I want to jump in now. And I think the game kind of got it, it's 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 caught around the 50 percent mark, which is which is a yeah. totally a great a great purchase point. Um, It's just there always seems to be uh, other games going on, but I Borderlands humor, it, it can be hit and miss for me, but I feel like Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, like the whole D&D campaign, it, it always sounded really, really interesting, really cool anytime we talked about it. I think that like the the kind of difference between Borderlands humor and the Tiny Tina's, because I know what you're talking about, is like Borderlands humor can often feel like a lot of like fart and sex jokes, right? Like it's kind of lowbrow-ish. And not that Tiny Tina's isn't that, but it's like, geekier because there's like the D&D overlay so a lot of the jokes have to do with like Tiny Tina trying to like tell this story through the DM role and like when stuff happens that she's not expecting like that's where the funny is and uh, I really really enjoyed it because of that I mean I like lowbrow humor as much as anybody else but like you know like Borderlands didn't have much more to it i'll say <laughs> like its sense of humor was pretty one note um and i think tiny tina's is a little bit more um nuanced i guess like for lack of i mean we're still talking about stupid ridiculous like poop jokes but like they were better <laughs> they oh. were geeky poop jokes i don't know like that's fine yeah <laughs> yeah like i i don't know i just i really really enjoyed it i thought it was funny i thought it was fun it was colorful and crazy and yeah, like, and at sometimes fucking hilarious. So, yeah, I, I just thought it was such a great game and so unexpected for me. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's on my list. And you know why? Like the big thing for me was 
the it's based off the DLC that was uh was part yeah. of I think, Borderlands Two, and I always wanted to play it, and I never got around to playing the DLC. And I know they spun it out as like a standalone game as well, uh, shortly afterwards. But um, yeah, I I really do want to play it. Um, and I I haven't played. I did not play a lot of first person shooters this year, and I think that was the other reason it was kind of on the list of it kept popping up of like I really want to check this one out because I I. I like first-person shooters, but I haven't had a chance to really play one this year. Um, but yeah, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Uh, I and I I did like Tiny Tina in Borderlands, and I think that was part of. Yeah, she was a great character. Yeah, like some of the humor that people didn't really like, but I really liked her in all of her appearances. So mm-hmm. it was no problem that she was going to lead this game because uh, I was I was all on board, and I think um, some of the voice actors too that were part of it were. Uh, was really good. Um, got the guy from Brooklyn Nine Nine. I think is in it. Uh, not helpful. I don't. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember his name. It's <laughs> like there's a lot of people in Brooklyn Nine Nine. You're gonna have to narrow yeah, it down. <laughs> what's the guy's name? It's Jake Peralta on the show. But what's his? I I know. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um. Oh my god. Uh, I know. Isn't it weird? <laughs> Jake Peralta, real name Andy Samberg. Yeah. There yeah, there we go. <laughs> that should have that should not have required a Google search. Yeah, <laughs> but it popped right out there. Maybe, uh, especially since like we're literally watching Brooklyn Nine Nine right now, so it's like at the beginning of every episode. Well, <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, like, it's there. Every episode, he's right there. I'm like, I can picture the movies doing, and I cannot remember his name. That's bad. <laughs> we got there though. We got there. We did with Thanks, the help Google. of Google. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and. The other title for me that was really surprising and made my top five was Dreamlight Valley. And so this actually hasn't officially come out. So I don't know if this is like a cop out, but it's in early access right now. Um, So I'm sure they'll have a full release date um, next year. But I played this game like it was free on Game Pass and I expected it to be shallow and stupid and like made for kids and not worth my time. And I ended up sinking so many hours into this game. There was just something about it. It had just enough um, like, I guess, uh, questing and like plot for it to give me a little bit of direction. But then at the same time, also like fulfilled that like Stardew Valley farm simulator type style of game too, where you just kind of go around and you're trying to collect things. And I mean, they had so many things to collect. There were like pieces of art from all the old Disney films. There were like um, a whole bunch of different furniture and decorations and stuff for your house all kinds of different outfits for your characters and then like all of the just straight up collectibles in the game. So there were recipes, there were, you know, different kinds of ingredients and flowers and, you know, like I can't even remember all the things you could collect in the game because there were just so many freaking things. Um, So yeah, like I feel like it was, it had a lot more depth than I was expecting. It's a Disney title, so it's got Disney money and it was polished. Like it's still, like I say, in early access, but you could never really tell. Um, And then, yeah, like it just, it really felt like a fun experience and it hit that nostalgia so hard, but like in a really good way, you got to interact with characters, like not just the, like the good guys, but the bad guys are in there too. And they're all living in the Valley as well. And 
you're kind of trying to solve this mystery, even though, again, it was pretty clear pretty quick <laughs> what had happened. <laughs> it was a game made for kids. But uh, yeah, I well, I don't even know if it's a game made for kids. I should stop saying that. It's a really really good game it was polished it's pretty it's bright um and yeah if you just want to like build and decorate a house and farm you can do that <laughs> so i found that i was like going back to it quite often and like i say i sunk hours and hours and hours and days and days and days into this game this year like it was it was nuts it was surprising <laughs> yeah i played a little bit of it and and like, as you said, it's it's got a lot of depth to it. And if you are a, a, a huge Disney fan, you basically you're in heaven because it's all there. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Uh, Pixar, Disney animation, uh, you know, Disney live action type stuff as well is is in there. I, I think they have they added the Pirates of the Caribbean yet. I don't think they've added Pirates yet. Maybe. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, they added Scar from Lion King. Mm-hmm. Um and I think they have a Toy Story edition coming. Um, like they, and this is the thing about Disney, right? Is that like they own so many things that like they can bring in content for years and years and years to support this title. So between, like I said, the stuff for your house or your characters, like clothing and whatever, they also had like so much customization where you basically unlocked a whole bunch of like patterns and logos and stuff like that. And you could take any piece of clothing or furniture that you had and basically like paint it and redesign with all of these like Disney, um, like IP pieces. Uh, So it was really, it felt quite limitless in terms of things that you could do in a design space. And yeah, it was just, like I say, it was just so much deeper than I ever thought that it was going to be. Like, I was expecting to go in it, play it for an hour, go, this is really freaking lame. But they hook you so hard. So, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I think, uh, well, I mean, here's the thing. We, I've saved this one for last my last game here. Uh, people were were concerned that I had not finished Xenoblade Chronicles 3 uh, to the point where Whirlwind and Discord would continuously bring up a screenshot that said I would finish it by the time we play game, <laughs> we have our Game of the Year episode. And uh, good sports all around. I did finish it. Uh, there's a reason I probably uh, steered clearly uh, of finishing the game. Um, not because it was a bad ending, but it was a very bittersweet ending. Very, okay. yeah. I was very. Uh, I was. I was brought to tears as as this game was really? ending. Really, it's like it's it's. Here's the thing about these giant JRPG games that you play for 80 hours. You get to know these characters. The characters get to know each other. Like, that's the big part of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is you have these two factions that are having to now work together. And they become best friends by the end of it. And um, and then at the end, it's just, uh, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to spoil it. But it's yeah. a very bittersweet ending in that you obviously, hey, you save the world because... That's not a spoiler. Because that's of how, course you do. Yeah, that's of course how games do. end for yeah. the most part. <laughs> Especially um, games that, you know, don't aren't part of like a a traditional series where, you know, like in Horizon Forbidden West, like you save the world, uh, but the world is is still in danger. In in this case, like you save the world and and uh, all all is probably well, you know? Yeah. So like is so is Xenoblade Chronicles three. That's the end of it. Uh, like, no. Was it a trilogy or is it going to continue? Well, and this is the other interesting part about the Xenoblade Chronicles sort of franchise is that they 
there like it could it they've said that it, there will be more like this isn't isn't the last one but the interesting part was Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and 2 were separate yet very like very separate yet somewhat connected games only through like a throwaway bit at the end of of 2 where it, where they very clearly connect both the games in kind of a I I would kind of you know compare it to you know like it when we were kids you used to play as like you know phone cup where you'd have like two cups with with a string in between them <laughs> yeah okay. that was the connection between xenoblade chronicles one and two at the end okay. of an 80 hour rpg it's like oh it's connected you know with a <laughs> not even a throwaway line it's like the background of the boss battle at the end of two <laughs> there's like some audio where it's like oh that's the main character from the first one yelling at somebody um and <laughs> I'm not I'm not even joking. And, you know, as fans, it's like it's really cool to see what is very clearly like a a one and two of a game be connected. But the third one, um, at least early on, has very, uh, uh, very clear connections to both games, like these two factions that are at war. Well, that one faction seems to have a lot of, you know, similar character types to the first game and that other faction seems to have a lot of similar character types to the second game and it kind of rolls with with those connections until the very end when it very much becomes clear like oh this is taking those two games and smashing them together and in not necessarily like a big giant way but in a, in a subtle way that still has very much more clearer connections than than the end of two did and and again, like I, I think I was steering clear of the end because I knew the end was probably going to be something that um, wasn't going to be this big, happy. Everybody gets to go home and have fun and and make s'mores and be best friends forever <laughs> and visit all the time. Uh, I, I just didn't anticipate that ending, um, but I also wasn't prepared for what was uh, what was ending and then basically like quickly Googling, like, will the story DLC be a continuation of this game? So, oh my God, my friends can get back together and hug. And, uh, <laughs> turns out we don't know yet. I thought you were going to say no. And I was like, Oh, Ryan, your heart must be breaking. <laughs> There's still a chance. Uh, you know, they, they have stated that the, the final DLC for, as part of the expansion pass for Xenoblade Chronicles three will be a significant story expansion, similar to what they did with two, Um, but with two, it was a prequel and, uh, very much set up in Xenoblade Chronicles two was like, there's this story that took place thousands of years ago. And in Xenoblade Chronicles three, the prequels to that story is the, the games one and two. Uh, and then if you bring it closer to three, it's like, it's not as an interesting story that needs to be told, but, um, We'll see. I mean, it it's also could be tough to pick up past the ending of, of, of three, but we'll see what they do. Honestly, it could be a bunch of different things, but um, if they left it alone as well, like I, I would respect that. And I, and I think, I think they likely will leave it alone, but yeah, I jumped into that final uh, Xenoblade Chronicles three thread and I just posted a, a like a, like a crying gif and, <laughs> I enjoyed it in the conversation and yeah it was uh it was sad and they had some very cool uh nods to you know one and two in the ending that was like that gave you more information about what happened to those characters and and how they they grew up and and stuff and uh 
and became fathers and 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 mothers and had kids and and so on and so forth. So it's a it's a really cool game and and kind of takes the the idea that you can play this trilogy all on the Switch, like it's all there if you really wanted to, um, because they did remaster Xenoblade Chronicles one. But yep, I finished it. Uh, I'm still playing it. It's what I was playing right before we started recording this. So I've got like maybe you know five or six more hero quests to do which are the fully voiced um quests for your that you can do with your friends and uh yeah we'll i'll probably pick up the expansion pass in the new year and we'll see what where that takes us hopefully it takes us to some cool new stories with these awesome characters that sounds really cool so so yeah that is that is our top five for ryan and i uh for our game experiences of the year this year in 2022. Um, and speaking of 2022, we are running out of time in 2022, but donations for Extra Life are open until December 31st. So thank you guys so much for all of your support. We had our uh, final group stream was uh, this past Friday. We played some Sea of Thieves with Bo and Crofton. It was really fun. Again, um, it, that game is just, it's, it makes for some just epic amazing stupid experiences i i really had a good time we even tried the pvp thing the matchmaking thing which is pretty neat yeah oh man that was uh it was we a lot of fun wrecked, but <laughs> yeah i was gonna say we did not we did not do well <laughs> <laughs> but it was fine i still had a great time it was the uh, it was really good it was really fun and i kind of like that like you just like you sink and then there's this like cinematic of your sunken ship and it feels so like it should feel bad because you just sank, but it's so cinematic and cool that it didn't feel bad. <laughs> I just thought it was really neat. It was really fun. So again, um, that was in support of Extra Life. You can go and check out the VOD over on Ryan's Twitch channel, um, or you can go and support our cause, like we said, up until the end of the year, December 31st, which is 11 days from now. Oh my God. <laughs> go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2022 to support anyone on the team. I think we've got uh, quite a few people who still have goals to reach. Um, I am was planning on doing some more streaming, but unfortunately, uh, Canada is getting snowed in <laughs> right around Christmas and we have some travel to do. So we're going to be leaving earlier in the week than I had planned. So uh, I'm going to try to get a, a decent New Year's stream going, um, but uh, or like New Year's Eve stream. So that we can uh, hopefully still get some donations. But again, if you do, if you can support Extra Life, uh, again, it supports the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. You can go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2022. Also wanted to mention our December patron, Ken. Thank you so much for supporting The Gamers In. You can do so over at patreon.com slash The Gamers In. Uh, we are doing another game club, Portal 1 and 2. We're going to start that in the new year. So the first discussion for Portal 1 is going to be on Sunday, January 8th. So Portal 1 is really short. It's really little, right? Um, there's not a whole lot of like story. Like there is a story, but it was a bite-sized experience. So it's all of Portal 1 on January 8th, right? Yeah. So we're going to play the entirety of Portal 1 for, for January 8th. And uh, the, the cool part about that is that... Um, no one has to play it ahead of time. They can just we can all play it together and all discuss on on January eighth. And I and I believe when we start Portal Two, uh, Smiley Chris in the Discord is going to be leading uh, awesome. our game club. So we've had a we've had a new person lead each each game club. It's been a lot of fun and looking forward to 
Portal 1 plus 2. I, I, it's been so long since I've revisited these games that I'm, I'm so excited to uh, to play them again. Yeah, I can't even remember the last time I played Portal 1, but it was like probably 10 years ago. <laughs> so um, I feel like I played more in Portal 2. I definitely replayed it. And, you know, I did some of the like because they have the whole um, like creation kit. I can't remember what they called it, but uh, you could make your own Portal 2 levels. So I did a lot of that, too, um, again, but that was a while ago. Um, but yeah, I've definitely gone back to Portal 2 more than Portal 1. So I'm I'm looking forward to I bought it on the Switch, so I'm gonna play uh the Portal collection over there. But um yeah, I'm excited to get back into these games because they're just so iconic. Like, yeah, I just man, early like Jocelyn on the internet gaming memes is <laughs> <laughs> like portal references is <laughs> basically what I remember. So yeah, it's a little bit of a nostalgic kick for this one uh, for this game club. So again, that starts on Sunday, January eighth. There is a um, there's a channel in the Discord if you're looking for where to catch up with that. So uh, now we're going to take a few minutes and talk about some of our honorable mentions. So, like I said, God of War Ragnarok didn't make my top five, but it's definitely um, obviously a AAA experience this year that I would recommend. Um, but you've got you've got some non God of War honorable mentions. What have you got? <laughs> yeah. So uh, top of my honorable mentions goes to Vampire Survivors, and and I think the the reason it didn't make the top five is because it is so damn addicting. Uh, <laughs> like, and it just launched on mobile, which is dangerous. The fact that these rounds in Vampire Survivors is it can go upwards of twenty to thirty minutes as you're playing. Um, it's, it's too much for phones. Like I, like I probably, I haven't played a lot of it cause I know if I, I sit there, I will just be staring at my phone and wondering my, why my eyes are falling out of, <laughs> out of my head. Um, but it is such a fun game and it is so easy to like pick up and play. And it's been a great steam deck game. And, and I know a lot of people have talked about vampire survivors and, and other survivor like games that have kind of come out after, um, the, the success of vampire survivors, but it was it's been a lot of fun and and on they just launched DLC for it which was like 2 bucks um so i, I obviously had to pick it up and obviously <laughs> yeah so i i mean i i had to mention it cuz i did play quite a bit of it uh after um first playing it on PC Game Pass and then purchasing it on Steam and and then getting the <laughs> DLC as well so i i did a thing where i bought a Game Pass game you know so I'm glad it's not just me, <laughs> but it sounds like you actually did it on purpose. I'm I guessing did it on so purpose. you could play on the Steam Deck. <laughs> yes, so I could play it on the Steam yeah. Deck, and uh, <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't. Now that I have the Steam Deck, I'm not really playing a lot of like PC specific experiences. I'm, I'm really just trying to find a way to, to, to get it loaded on the Steam Deck. So, um, Vampire Survivors is, oh, it, it's so good. And honestly, if you, if you haven't. Like obviously, like I know a lot of people have heard of the game because it, it it was it was in a lot of conversations if you listen to a lot of video game podcasts. Um, but it's so easy to pick up and play. And, and again, it is on Game Pass, and it's also on Xbox Game Pass as well. You can play it on your console now, um, too. So like it's 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 super approachable and uh, super simple to play, and it's it's a great it's a great time sink if you're just looking for something to turn off your brain and 
see numbers fly fly up on the screen like it's really cool <laughs> well honestly that's what my first honorable mention other than god of war um let me do as well which is basically just like float around and turn off my brain and this one uh made it into honorable mentions instead of uh my top five only because i've mentioned it before i'm pretty sure it might have been in my game of the year before and the reason why i did want to mention it in 2022 is because raft put out their like 1.0 release so they finally came out of early access and with that came the like finale of the story mode so they basically went through a whole bunch of iterations because when it first launched it was just you're floating on an endless ocean and you basically have to find civilization by finding like radio parts but then that took you to like one island and that was the end of it um, it was much more about just like floating, gathering supplies, and then like building a floating house. It was very like sim-like in that way. Um, so that for me was really fun and probably why I mentioned it. God, at this point, it must have been like four, five, six years ago now. Like I feel like Raft has been out for quite a while. Um, but the full 1.0 release was so good it was so amazing. The story was really good. And they like ended up adding something like five or six different locations that you had to like navigate your way to. Um, and you know, you had to unlock all of these different, like it ended up having almost like a tech tree because in order to get to then it basically was how they prevented you from finding the islands in the wrong order was like, you needed a specific piece of tech in order to be able to like, access the islands so um it was really really well done they ended up you know having different biomes and stuff in the game like at one point you go to an area that's all like snow covered and stuff and you know it just ended up being a lot more a lot more deep and a lot more varied than uh i was kind of expecting it to be and i played it all the way through with a friend from like you know floating on the the starting raft all the way through to the end of the story and it probably took like I want to say like 30-ish hours, I would say, um, just because you have to gather all the resources and everything else. Um, and and we were kind of taking our time and, and exploring a little bit as well. But like, yeah, it was probably good, like 30 hours of gameplay. Uh, and it's And it was so fun. And it is the kind of thing where you can just kind of like shut your brain off and let your raft drift and just like collect supplies and uh, it's, it's it can be very relaxing. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's if if you haven't checked Raft out, I really, really do recommend it. It's such a good game and is now in its full uh, 1.0 or whatever they're at now, 2, 3, 1.2, whatever. Um, but it's at its full release now. It's out of early access. Awesome. Yeah, no, I remember playing that one for Extra Life and having a really good time with it. And yeah, did some of the story stuff too and it's uh so like bear island which is what we did in extra life is like the first island of the of the five or six different locations you can go to and there's like lots of different enemies that you come across there's like a little bit of combat like it's not it's not crazy combat like it's you with a spear combat um it's very 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 basic but um there's some puzzle solving elements there's some you know like i said a little bit of combat and yeah, it's just uh, all together, it, it ended up being a pretty well flushed out game and I really enjoyed it. Sweet. Uh, yeah, I need to go back to that one. Um, it's it's still on the hard drive, so <laughs> I have to have to get back to that one. Um, another one that uh, that I played this year, but came out in 2021 and got a lot of, I think, honorable mentions, uh, even though the studio got sold um, 
to embrace her from from Square Enix and was considered, you know, not a success in their eyes. This was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, yes, another Marvel game, a uh, story based single player campaign came out late 2021, um, hit a lot of sales very quickly and is now on game pass and, and PlayStation plus extra. Um, but yeah, I played through it this year. I, I, I basically bought it last year, uh, as part of a black Friday sale and, uh, played it, I think, you know, closer to the start of the year and just had a great time with it. You know, like obviously the guardians of the galaxy are these characters, um, that have been put front and center by the MCU in a lot of movies and uh but this is like a different take on those characters and it it was a really fun game to play and it, it had a really cool story mm-hmm. which is so interesting because i feel like i never really heard anybody talk about this game like it kind of like came out everyone was like meh and then like they moved on and that was it so um, it's good to know that it actually like made the cut <laughs> Yeah, no, and like the story for the game was was really well done. You got to explore like who these characters are more than you get to explore like in the movies. Like the movies have like two hours and, yeah. and change to kind of like let you learn about these characters. And sometimes you have to wait half a decade to get another film uh, with these characters. And, you know, unless they're in the background of a Thor movie. Uh, where you learn basically nothing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. They're just there as window dressing. <laughs> exactly. Like, they're there to continue what seemed to be a pretty interesting thread in uh, the end of Endgame, but no, it doesn't doesn't really go anywhere. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I really liked Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, it was a lot of fun. Totally worth checking out. Uh, like, I also want to quickly mention, like, our TGI Game Club games that we played this year with 13 Sentinels, Pyre, and God of War 2018. Um, it was a experiment slash project we started in 2022 and I think it was, it's been nothing but a success and everyone in the discord and the community have been like really, really happy to play these games and also like plan forward, you know, uh, with multiple game clubs down, down the road and, and kind of connecting it to new releases and being like, well, God of War Ragnarok is coming out. Let's, let's fit in God of War 2018. And it, and I think it made ragnarok like a a much more you know seamless uh experience for me because it it, like horizon it was finish one game and you you just go right into the next one yeah yeah so uh, game club has been a a really big highlight for me with uh with gamers in and I, i can't wait to continue it in the new year yeah, I'm really looking forward to it too. Um, God of War 2018 was the first one I jumped into, and and like I said, I wasn't a hundred percent comfortable jumping into the conversations, but I'm really looking forward to Portal. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I basically told everybody I wasn't really comfortable jumping into the conversations because everyone seemed so positive, and I had a lot of like not necessarily straight up negativity, but there was a lot of things that kind of made me like eyebrow raise and that I didn't necessarily love. And again, it felt so much like Zelda for me, like uh, Breath of the Wild specifically, where it was like, I didn't think it was bad, but it's like, I thought it was like eight out of 10 and everyone else was like 10 out of 10. And I'm like, I feel like I shouldn't voice my eight out of 10 opinion. (laughs) Uh, But it was very, very quickly 
um, kind of like people reminded me like, no, we want to know your opinion. It's okay if you're dissenting. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, thanks, guys. So I'm looking forward to Portal um, and and whatever we end up doing through the rest of, uh, tw- I almost said 2022, 2023, because that's where we are now almost. Um, these Game of the Year episodes always just throw me for a loop. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think, yeah, Game Club is definitely worth a, an, a mention for uh, experiences that we had in gaming this year, for sure. Uh, quick mention for me um, is Two Point Campus. Um, this one came out kind of middle of the year. I hadn't played the previous version, Two Point Hospital. I think I said at the time, like, it came out during COVID and I was like, no, thanks. <laughs> like, last thing I want to think about during a pandemic any more than I already am is, you know, like overcrowded hospitals and, you know, like <laughs> and mismanagement of those yeah, hospitals. Mismanagement, yeah, mismanagement of a healthcare system. Yeah, not my jam. Thanks very much. But Two Point Campus that came out this year is basically uh, mismanaged universities that you have to, um, kind of bring up to snuff and and hit certain goals and and everything else and and I love like simulation management type games and so yeah this this really I thought was well done it felt pretty balanced it was like challenging in places but a little easier in others and um, the themes of all the campuses were really fun and it had that kind of like tongue-in-cheek sort of sense of humor so uh yeah i really i really really enjoyed two point campus and i'm sure two point hospital is excellent as well but maybe maybe i'll get into that one in 2023 but two point campus was right up my alley yeah no i uh another game pass game jocelyn did you buy it yes yeah no no it was i it was on game pass and it like it popped up and i was like oh well this seems like something I would enjoy, so I'll, I'll give it a try. And then I was very, very pleasantly surprised because I'd always like I had seen Two Point Hospital. I'm like, I think I would probably really enjoy this just because of like other titles that I've liked in the past. But uh, yeah, this one um, just kind of hit at the right time and and had a lot like scratched a lot of itches because I actually realized I played a few like simulation management strategy. Like I even got into RTSs this year, that, and and there was a point like a month and a half ago where I was like, not successfully, but uh, achievement hunting in Civ 6. Cause I was just like, I just really want to do like strategy and like building stuff. So um, yeah, like I, I just, I don't know, for some reason that's really been my jam this year. So, uh, but you have, you have another one um, fire emblem of like surprising no one. <laughs> Maybe surprising that it wasn't in your top five. <laughs> well, I mean, the reason I wanted to uh, mention this one, Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes, was basically because Nintendo normally won't do sequels to to Fire Emblem games. Uh, it's been, I think, I think I could safely say decades since we've had a sequel. <laughs> um, I think the first the first Fire Emblem game that came out in North America was technically a prequel to a game that never came out in North America, <laughs> which is super fun for this. It's, it's a fun series to love, especially when um, you, you, uh, you can't play, you can't play half of them here. Uh, <laughs> but the fact that um, we got another warriors game and Nintendo has been doing these games every couple of years where they basically, uh, they they spin off. Uh, they take franchises. a property and and make it a warriors game. <laughs> yeah, and like similar to what they did with Age of Calamity, which was a sort of part prequel, part what if sequel to Breath of the Wild. Um, Three Hopes is a what if sequel to um, Three Houses. 
uh, in the style of a Warriors game. And, and the fact that we got to um, revisit these characters that we normally wouldn't get to revisit in a mainline game, um, you it, it, was, it, it was worth mentioning just for that. And uh, the story itself um, changes based on just these few little changes that they make in interacting with other characters. And suddenly, like, characters that died in three houses that are only around for, like, a couple chapters are suddenly main characters in Three Hopes. And um, it's uh, I have not finished uh, the playthrough that I'm playing uh, so far, but I, what from what I have played... Uh, I really enjoyed it, and I, I like I like the Warrior games, the the Nintendo ones for sure. Um, and uh, this is another another one of those, and they continue to make quality of life changes um, to make them easier to to get into, and not quite as grindy as previous entries in 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 the series. Uh, and the fact that it was a surprise title and a surprise sequel slash follow up to a game I really enjoyed, which was Three Houses. So yeah, it definitely deserves an honorable mention. Uh, I just have one more, which is Beacon Pines, which is another one that came out on Game Pass that I I wouldn't really have looked at otherwise. But I was kind of like taken in by the art style of this. And I was like, oh, this looks like a, a cute little title. Like it's very kind of painterly and the character design is really adorable. I'm like, I'm 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 gonna give it a try. Like it, it said it was kind of like a mystery adventure and it's it's based like the the characters are like drawn in a storybook. And I'm like, okay, I'll I'll try this little adventure title. Like I need something. It was literally like I need something to play this week. And it was so good and so cool because it's basically like a, a roguelike because you very quickly realize that the story is really dark and that your little kid character is going to die a lot, sometimes horribly. So it's like this beautifully, like the character design is so cute and it's this beautiful, like rich color painterly illustration game. Like it's just gorgeous. And then like the story is so creepy and it just, it's like, this juxtaposition of of styles that makes it so cool. And I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, and you just kind of like you you fill in the like pages of the storybook. So almost like a Mad Libs. And you have to explore your world to find the different words that go into the story. And then the story, like I said, it's like Mad Libs, but it's like, so you fill it in with a word to finish the Mad Lib, and then that sends you basically on almost like a branching path, like a choose-your-own-adventure. So, and then, so basically you get to the end where then you die, and then you reset the day back to the beginning. So now you know one of the paths that comes off that page. So you can try to, you know, go down that same path and and try to find other branches or you can, you know, branch the path really early and go an entirely different direction. So it was a really cool game design and it was so pretty and so creepy. And yeah, I'd like, I don't even know how they did cute creepy, but they did it. <laughs> Can't go wrong with that. That's like yeah. the Tim Burton <laughs> formula right there. It kind of, yeah, honestly, kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably why it really, really appealed to me, honestly, because I do also love a lot of Tim Burton-y stuff. So, um, but yeah, so that is basically our game of the years of the year. 
I hope you guys enjoyed it. But we also got some contributions from the community. So big thanks to Travis, Babylon Redeemer, Whirlwind, Smiley Chris, Ridiculous Hat, Will, Elsie, Jim, Gordon, Scott, and Firebird for sending in your thoughts on this year's game of the year. You guys had so, oh my God, just so many lists, so many games. And the thing that struck me looking at these lists as they were coming in is I was just like, man, oh man, there are so many games on here. You guys are so varied. You played so many things that I didn't even touch or I didn't even know were experiences to be had. And like most of the time I was looking at these lists going, you guys are so different than me. Why are you listening to my show? You're not playing any of my games, <laughs> which I thought was really fun. <laughs> they, they played some. They played some. They did, but yeah, they played some for sure. But it was just, it was funny to see, like, they're, I guess, inspiring, interesting to see all of the different gaming experiences that you guys had. It was, it was pretty cool, pretty crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, I love pulling community lists and we had a like you said a really great response to the ask and it, it kind of gives me an idea of like some games to check out over the holidays and yeah, or in absolutely. the first few months while we're waiting for uh for new titles to drop so uh, it's, there's a really really good list uh, of games here yeah so gordon had one that um i thought was really interesting so gordon picked the new pokemon games which um I, I'm glad somebody did. And I have since heard that the new Pokemon games play a lot better on the OLED Switch version, like basically the the newer version of the Switch as opposed to like the launch console. Um, because basically like all of I've just seen so many like screenshots and memes and all kinds of craziness around these new Pokemon games that made me think that they were totally unplayable. Now I do have a launch switch. But um, I think on the newer switches, it it might actually make a really big difference. So it was kind of it was nice to see somebody because I, I did really enjoy Sword and Shield. And uh, it was nice to see somebody, you know, saying that the Pokemon isn't as bad as the Internet would make me believe. <laughs> yeah, I know when Scarlet and Violet launched, there was a lot of focus on the performance of those games. And, and I know uh, that, yeah, the performance did not look great. Um, but I know Nintendo has said that they're going to try to address it. And, and and there there are a few folks in, in our Discord have kind of talked about Scarlet and Violet in, in the sense of like, yeah, there is some performance issues, but it it wasn't as noticeable. And I think I think Nintendo games, especially because they're running on older hardware, do get a um, like they get they get a they get somewhat of a pass, but uh, but not to the degree of like it, it's OK if it's broken. I think Scarlet and Violet weren't completely broken they just there was a lot of uh a lot of people were pointing at like some slowdown and some bad textures and some pop in as as like the end of the world and and for some folks that can be very distracting but yeah. i think there was still a very fun game in there and and one of the better formats for pokemon that we've had in in the last couple decades right like they've completely changed the format and and the the open world aspect you know taking what they did with a tray or turn out a trace. <laughs> Sorry, that was not another Atreus joke. Arcus or Arceus? Arceus? I know the one you mean, though. <laughs> yes, Legends is what we'll call it yeah. to make it to make it easier. Um, and yeah, you know, I played I played a chunk of that at the beginning of the year too, and and I think that the idea of taking 
that approach and applying it to a modern Pokemon game sounded really cool. And I'll admit, I was kind of, um, I was kind of uh, like, uh, you know, sent away from the game based on like a lot of the performance discussions. I was like, okay, maybe I'll revisit it once there's been a couple patches. But like, man, I do love a good Pokemon. Yeah, I did the same thing. I just looked at it and I was like, okay, maybe I'll look at this in six months or something. So, um, but yeah, thanks, Gordon, so much for for writing in. Uh, Firebird also sent in Triangle Strategy, which um, I it sounds like a genre to me, not a game. <laughs> this is something that was totally not on my radar. Yeah, Triangle Strategy is a um, a Fire Emblem esque game. Uh, I think it's by the same studio that put together uh, Project Octopath. Maybe I, I could be completely wrong, but it is a Switch and PC game. Um, and, uh, yeah, I know, uh, triangle strategy came up a bunch in conversations. Um, I think a listener tweep was, was also playing it cause he was asking me about fire emblem and, and what game he should play after fire emblem I was like, well, I heard triangle strategy is pretty much that. Uh, so you could check that one out and yeah, he loved it. So I'm glad firebird, uh, loved triangle strategy as well. Uh, and then we had uh, quite a few people write in with this one that didn't actually make our list or our honorable mentions, but we know, we know everyone loved this. Obviously, it was game of the year. We talked about last week at the Game Awards. Uh, Elden Ring <laughs> made a lot of lists. We basically, we went through and pulled out the stuff that differed from us uh, to make mention of here. And yeah, so Elden Ring uh, came from Travis, Ridiculous Hat, and Elsie. And I mean, like, I get it. It's it, And I know, Ryan, you're planning on playing it. And mm. I watched my husband play a few boss battles and stuff. And it is very pretty. It's just, I don't think it's my jam. I don't think it's ever going to be my jam. But uh, I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts because obviously people do love this game. Yeah, it's in the shrink wrap. It's right over here somewhere off ready to go <laughs> off uh, stage uh and uh yeah i'll i will boot it up over the holidays it was it was part of a uh extra life goal which i might still hit but uh that was to do a stream but i think you know i got it on sale i'll 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 check it out and we'll we'll revisit elden ring in the new year and hey maybe it'll make uh the game of the year 2023 who knows we'll see but it'll be something i play in the new year for sure uh and then so Jim and Babylon Redeemer, and I don't know if they were doing this together or separately and just happened to both be talking about it or what, but there is a series of sci-fi role-playing video games from Japan called Trails, yeah. and they were all over it this year. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know how many... Well, it looks like... So I'm on Wikipedia right now. Ooh. This is great uh, audio. But it looks like they go back all the way to 2004. And there's been like, I don't know, 15? <laughs> like there are so many games in this series. And I, it's not, I've never heard of it. It's not been on my radar at all. But uh, both Jim and Babylon Redeemer say that uh, the uh, Trails games are worth checking out. And I think they played quite a few of the series. Yes, uh, Trails came up a lot in the Discord. And I know Jim, I think Jim started playing through them maybe even the year before. And I know uh, Babylon Redeemer joined in and playing the series. And um, I think I think the conversation was has been brought back up because uh, a lot of those games, some of them that haven't been released in North America have been getting translations and, and uh, localizations for 
for North America. So it's even easier to play the series. I have not played a Trails game. I'm sure it would be an event uh, as as <laughs> one of the TGI hosts uh, plays a Trails game. Uh, but it comes up in Discord a lot and they look it they look interesting uh i've not i've never played one before so i can't i can't speak much to it but i I needed to include the trails discussion because it comes up in discord a lot so yeah yeah, it's important to mention (laughs) absolutely i wanted to say uh thank you to will for sending in his list which uh he's obviously team joss because he put both horizon games on his list so will thank you very much for choosing the correct title for game of the year (laughs) one of the options yes i know i know i know um but yeah so will had both horizon games on his list uh jim also wrote in with and i'm going to butcher this but i'm gonna try so hard uh Atelier? Atelier Sophie too? <laughs> I'm sure that uh, that's just totally, completely and utterly wrong. And Jim, I'm so sorry. Uh, I have no idea what the game is about. But uh, yeah, it, apparently that word means like an artisan's shop. So I'm sure there's probably some sort of maybe shopkeeping or something <laughs> happening. I don't know. But uh, yeah, Jim always has some really really interesting choices for uh games like he is probably the most different i would say of of all of the the people that follow the show uh every time he's playing something i'm always like how did you even hear of that like what is going on what does your steam list look like <laughs> it it looks like a bunch of trails games and uh yeah <laughs> Altelier, or uh, however. Yeah, (laughs) I even tried to put the the (laughs) pronunciation in our notes, and it just like, man, I still can't (laughs) even phonetically (laughs) messes me up. But uh, yeah, so uh, thank you so much for sending that in. Uh, Smiley Chris also sent one in that I was I almost put on my list. I was so close, except for I was still I still am so mad at the company that uh i i didn't but uh final fantasy 14 i tried that this year as well and uh did kind of really enjoy my time there but then uh just missed out by a couple of weeks on their like free to i don't i think it's free to 60 they're they're basically um their promotion where you could kind of try the game for free and not have to pay their subscription or anything else um and uh, yeah, they like paused it for a little while and then ended up uh, bringing it back. And because I had already started a character, they were like, mm, nope, sorry, <laughs> you can't have any characters for free. And I was like, wow, this this really sucks. So it was kind of off putting for me. But I did love like the aesthetics of the game, the community, like all that stuff was really good. Um, I, I think like Final Fantasy 14, and I know obviously it's not a 2022 title, but it was an experience that I had this year that I thought was definitely worth mentioning. It was, it was good. Yeah. I've not, uh, not played Final Fantasy 14 in a very, very, very long time. Uh, but I know it's, it's had a resurgence. Probably not since I was going to say probably not since the, um, they had the, the kind of remake or like redo thing, (laughs) right? Where uh, they kind of blew up the world and took it down for a while and brought it back all different. <laughs> I can't remember what they called it, but there's a word. <laughs> uh, I think, is it World Reborn? Was that yeah, sort of the idea? Yeah, Realm, Realm Reborn. Realm, Realm Reborn. Reborn. Yep, that was it. Yeah. So I, I played, I think I played way, way back when they relaunched it a long, 
a long time ago. That game has been around a long it's time. It's been all, yeah, it's been out for a really long time. I want to say like maybe 2012 or 2013 or something. I remember I was living in Nova Scotia at the time, so it was a long time ago. But uh, yeah, it's it's been out for quite a while, but it was definitely an experience that I, I thought was noteworthy this year because the game itself was really good. Uh, and then finally, uh, Travis wrote in and said Pyre, and that was one of the games that we did for the game club. So that was uh, someone on Team Ryan there with Pyre. <laughs> was yeah. there something like specific? Because I know you kind of spoke to uh, like game club, the experience as a whole. Um, but was there something specific about Pyre that you think made it maybe stand out for Travis? Because I didn't, I didn't play it. So yeah, I think uh, I think it's a combination of it being sort of a Oh, uh, like it was a it's a sports game, like a uh, a sports game where you're but it's kind of closer to like a MOBA type experience where you have a team of three players and you're trying to uh, take the orb into their pyre. And depending on how you bring the orb to the pyre, you get more points. And that's just one part of the game. Like that's the gameplay part. And then there's like a whole visual novel uh, style story being told in between the matches and i think that was that was what made it uniquely really great for game club and then it had like this very deep rich story with a lot of like great music and and um and setup and and lore but also had like that snappy uh very replayable gameplay so it's like it was a very unique combination whereas i think 13 sentinels was like more story than gameplay and obviously God of War 2018 was was also a good combination of of gameplay and, and story but Pyre was like a more simplistic gameplay but like really fun repeatable gameplay so I think that's probably why it stood out a bit yeah absolutely uh so yeah thank you guys so much for writing in and letting us know what your experiences were like in 2022 uh that's it that is our game of the year episode so i hope you guys really enjoyed it and uh thank you everyone for being part of the community this year thank you for supporting not only ryan and i but also our extra life and you know just like this has been such a great year over in the discord too if you want to go join the conversation head on over to bit.ly slash tgi discord um, you guys have just created a really wonderful community that we get to be a part of. And uh, I do really appreciate to like uh, the, just, just you guys are so honest and respectful and and just absolutely wonderful. So uh, thank you guys so much for for being here every week, for for listening to us and supporting us and what we do. Uh, that's going to be it, though, for 2022. Uh, Ryan and I are taking next week off for the holidays. So, uh, yeah, we will see you guys back again in January and uh, we hope you enjoyed. Again, you can uh, have more of a conversation around Game of the Year if that's what you'd like to do or join any of the conversations that are happening over in the Discord. Uh, that is at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can also visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com or follow us over on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn and Joss Blaze, Ryan is Dar Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn and tune in next year. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>